episode 152 dennis bernstein welcome in what's happening it's been a busy weekend for both of us jay so you've been doing your rock star thing your vip plus situation <laughs> with the spec two was that a festival that you it, were at it was punk in the park which is usually yes. a festival down in uh the irvine area uh there at silverado canyon but they decided to take it up to ventura which is my favorite festival venue uh warp tour used to stop there every year then they stopped doing warp tour until the final warped they did it there but i love it it's right on the beach you're literally right on the beach so it's just it's it's fantastic really? and uh yeah pennywise bouncing souls fear the bronx oh, great festival your wheelhouse baby and so yeah and, and and there's a pretty decent hockey team playing in la these days john too yes i did have to miss saturday's game i apologize but uh, and you I'll missed get- hot stove man i was so I'm sorry. Just timing. You can't just the way things happen sometimes. I'm very sorry. The way things went with the show yesterday, I I think we're going to bring it back next season or maybe even the playoffs. So like Rob Koch and the PR team were were great. Aaron Aaron Cooney did all the heavy lifting for me. It was a really, really good experience from our side and from the Kings side. So hopefully the next time we do it, Jay, you'll be You'll be at the desk with us. I'll be there. Let's do it. We'll have Good. some fun. Yes, I saw the uh, bevy of of guests as well. Luke stopped by. I Jimmy know. Fox. Uh, you had a he good didn't chart me as hard as the last time he was on the radio. With us. That was good. Maybe because it was, maybe because we were in person and there was a crowd around or something like that. But yeah, yeah. Jimmy Fox duels came in. It was uh, a really, really, really. It, there was some planning to. It could, took about two, three weeks. And it was funny, Jay, because one of the questions when I talked to PR guys, like, well, it depends on how we're playing at the time. I'm like. Okay, well that that's not a problem since the team yeah. was what eight oh and two going in. It was the, the perfect timing for it. It was a lot of fun. Get to see a few fans, and uh, I don't know. This team is more and more dangerous, John. Every time I watch them play, because they don't really give up much. But uh, just interested in your thoughts as well. Yeah, let's get into the team. We'll break things down. We'll take a look at the schedule. We have a very special guest coming on the program today as yeah. well. We have newly acquired defenseman Vladislav. Gavrikov. That is a real mouthful, by the way, Dennis, which I can now understand why everybody calls him Vlad. (laughs) Uh, So, yes, number 84. He's going to keep the numerology segment of today's program very short. He's the only player ever to wear number 84. (laughs) So there's not really a lot to talk about from a numerology standpoint. But, you know, um, just to hone in on him for a few minutes, he'll join us in the second period. Uh, We have, you know, of course, our typical laundry list of topics here on the on the program today. I'm curious for your impressions of him because I, I've mentioned this a few times on with Boomer or whatnot, but yeah. one of the things that's been the most impressive about him from my standpoint 
is the speed at which he gets up and down the ice. And what yeah. I mean by that is, you know, look, he's kind of as advertised, right? He's a big, wide body. He's kind of a a, a younger, more mobile Robin Regeer, if you think of like a defensive defenseman. It's what this team needed. We've talked about it, Dennis. I don't even know. Probably, this is episode 152. We've probably talked about it 151 times about the Kings' need for a left-shot defenseman and Absolutely. for a shutdown D. Yep. Uh, yep. And so it was exactly what they needed, but the speed was was it's just better than advertised yeah. to me. When, when you talk to different scouts and whatnot, people didn't talk about the speed at which he moves. He's a really good skater, Dennis. Uh, John, I couldn't agree with you more because the rep on him was a stay-at-home guy. Yeah. Like, top pair stay-at-home guy, which is great, no problem, but didn't watch a lot of Columbus. And even when I did, you were taking attention to Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Lane and you know whomever else. But, yeah, uh, John, he's been way more aggressive offensively. And, yes, his speed is there. He, he fits like a glove. He, he's made that second pair. Like, really, really solid. So, uh, whoever, like, when they pull the trade and, you know, they try for chicken, but now with Gavrikov, I, I, there's no there's no buyer's remorse whatsoever. This guy has fit great. And you're right. I expected a slower stay-at-home guy that would not join the rush. He's done that. He's been a little bit more aggressive. I think it even surprised Todd. So I think what you said is the rep was him was just the – when you hear stay-at-home guy, you don't think, okay, he's not going to be aggressive. But back in the day, so was Matt Roy. And Matt, what does Matt Roy have? Nine goals now? So I guess things change over time. And playing on this team, you have to be a little bit more aggressive, I, I, I guess. But, yeah, he, he's been really better than what the advertisement was when he came on board. Yeah. Yeah, and a, and a great personality as well. I can't wait to oh, yeah. uh, I can't wait to have him on the program today and uh, and get him to open up and talk about some things because in the in the just you know couple of weeks that he's been here in Los Angeles, um, he, he's been a very funny guy and, and enjoyable to talk to, and not exactly what you what you would expect. Um, the other thing, of course, the elephant in the room, Dennis, is is the contract and getting him to yeah. stay. And, uh, you know, <laughs> the the ink wasn't even dry on the trade. And uh, our Twitter handles were blowing up with people wanting to know. And, and so, again, curious for your take on it. Here's mine. Um, first of all, pump the brakes, everybody. Everyone's in a panic because over the uh, when he was in Columbus, the word was he was going to be going to free agency. And my right. thought on this, again, haven't spoken to him extensively about it, haven't spoken to his agent about it. Um, and, and there would be no reason to. So so my my take on it is this. It's early days, people. Relax. Yeah. When he was in Columbus, it's a different place, different time, different team, different city. And so, therefore, there's a different thought process. And at the time, they wanted to take it to free agency over the summer and see what was out there. Now, that didn't mean they weren't signing in Columbus. It just right. meant that they wanted to see that w- what was out there. Now, sure, you could say, well, that means that more likely they weren't going to sign in Columbus. Well, you also don't know that because you don't know what offer Columbus would make at the last minute, right? We've seen that in Nashville. We've seen it in Colorado recently. We've seen it where you think that a player is going to free agency and then they don't. So that's the first part of my take. It's a long-winded take here, Dennis. Now you move into the Los Angeles part of it, and I go, he's only been here for a couple of weeks. Let the guy get settled. Let the guy get relaxed. Let his wife get uh, you know, acclimated to the environment. And what happens here over the balance of the season is going to play a lot into this as well because when you think about your future in Columbus and the direction they were headed over yeah. the next three, four, five years, and you think about the direction of the L.A. Kings, again, regardless of what happens this year uh, in the postseason, this is the team that should be getting better in the L.A. Kings every year for the next three to five years. Right. So here's my take, Dennis. I say it's a six-year deal, probably coming in at around six and a half. That's what I think he's well, going to end up signing in Los Angeles. Well, then he de- – that's – well, okay. That's that's a lot. 
that's like top, almost top pair money. But look, if that's what it keeps to take him, it takes to keep him. Because here's the thing, Jay, it's, it's not about that. It's about, okay, if you don't sign him, you're back to square one on the left side. Mm-hmm. And that's without Edler's probably not playing next year. So you got to go get two left defensemen. So, um, Dennis, hold on. Yeah. If yeah. they re-sign Alex Edler, we're yeah. going to have to do an emergency podcast. No, we're so not. Please, not. please yeah. text me wherever I am at that no. moment. I will drop what I'm doing and we will no. do an emergency podcast because Alex yeah. Edler cannot be part of the LA Kings next year, Dennis. No, he, no, he won't be. He won't be. But again, that, that kind of, that, behooves them to bring this guy home. Oh, look, there's other ways to skin the cat. Don't get me wrong, but it would be nice because he does fit so well. I think the early days also were cushioned by the fact that um, he was traded with Corpus Allo, So it was a, a little bit of a softer landing when you trade it with one of your mates to the same city. It's, it's really good. And you're right. He's a funny guy. After, after the third game, I go, Hey Gav, you're, you're three and oh, you ready to resign? He goes, maybe so, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but six and a half would be priced, but that's probably going to be the market, right? It's not going to be uh a four and a half million dollar signing. So if that's what it takes, look again, you're right. It's the early days. Don't want to jump to conclusions, but if he continues along this path, it would, it would be great if they could keep this guy. Cause he's what, 27 years old. So you thir- six years, takes him to 33. So a nice timing of the contract as well. Well, Rob Blake has pulled off some miracles with some other deals and um, signed some guys to some pretty yep. team friendly, either term yes. and or money. Uh, it would be very interesting. You think about his age. You think about where he's at. What would he get on the open market? Maybe four, maybe five years. It worked with Phil Deneau. That That's kind of the, the yeah, string yeah. I'm pulling yeah, out there. You okay. go that six years and it, and it, it helps solidify things. But also, I think it was a big pull to get Phil out of Montreal and to offer him an opportunity because he wanted to give more to a team, right. um, not, not in terms of money or, or, or term. He wanted to give more on the ice. He wanted a bigger yes. role than sure. they were willing to give him in Montreal. And LA was able to afford him that. And they really laid out their plan and it made sense to him. So I think in terms of uh, Gavrikov and, and again, early days, Dennis, we, we don't even need to great. solve it all right now, but no. it would be great. Uh, I don't think there's a contract coming. There's, there's nothing eminent. So, you know, guys, it's going to happen after the season is over. Right, right. Uh, so you're talking about June, right, is when a deal would yep. get done. You're not talking about anything happening in uh, in March or April. So we can move on. So um, it, it's, a, it's a nice place to be uh, if you're the L.A. Kings. And, and if you're Gavrikov, uh, you absolutely have to like the team that you've joined because things are rolling, Dennis. This club, 10-0-1 uh, recently. They're they're getting it done at home as well and not giving up a lot. You talked about the defense earlier, not giving up a lot. It's it's as if the team has almost flipped a switch and they've decided yeah. that they want to play playoff hockey now, DB. And it, it is flipping the switch. The last time they played Winnipeg before yesterday, it was a 6-5 shootout. And after that game, they just shut it down, John, since. They haven't given up more than two goals in a game since that game, which is... You're right. It seems like it is a, a switch that was flipped because you went from one style to another. And look, Todd's been pushing this team to, to check better and and be more responsive defensively, take your risk, but less risky, uh, you know, plays. And it's worked. And it's worked with team. Plus, you, the guys in net are stopping the puck. So it's been it, it it's been a crazy ride this year, John. Because you you have this in the backdrop of them playing nine eight and seven six and six five games in the first twenty. And even Drew said it. Drew said it yesterday after the game. He goes, I wasn't sure about this team defensively early in like in the first 20, 25 games because of the, those are the type of games they were playing. And it's all just clicking now. And now his offense is, you know, it's great. When Drew speaks, you know, no filter, it's great. But he said, I looked at my goal total and I didn't want it to be the lowest goal total of my career. 
which it was at, at, at you know, with, right. you know, in the last 10 games, but he's, he's now shooting the puck. And he even had like a Brent Burns wrist shot yesterday um, at the net to score a goal. So, um, but yeah, but the defensive effort's been fantastic. The checking has been great. Now, Lazat going out and you're right. I assume he's going to get suspended since there's a hearing that's going to affect their checking, but you know, here's an opportunity for Rasmus Kupari to step up and to go yeah. to the third line, right. And, and be that guy. Now I don't know what they're going to do on the fourth line. You might have things about that uh, to replace Lazat. Maybe Jai comes in, somebody plays the middle. But, well, but there's a problem in there though, Dennis, I don't mean to yeah, cut you check. off, but no, go. you're right that Blake Lazat. So on Saturday afternoon, cross check to the face, um, and if you look at some other situations, uh, like the situation earlier this year uh, with Matt Hoffman, who was cross-checked in the face and, yeah. and had a one-game suspension. So if you think that Blake Lazat's probably facing a one-game suspension, that means that Sunday night, uh, the game that'll be coming up soon this weekend uh, against the St. Louis Blues, he's out yeah. of the lineup. Well, Kevin Fiala was apparently getting close, perhaps was going to play in that game. So right. one person would have had to come out just to put Fiala in. So that yeah. poor Jad, he might not even be able to get in the lineup if Fiala is going to play. So I don't know if you have any update there on on Fiala, but well, if Fiala doesn't yeah. play, then Jad can get in. Well, Fiala's going to have a known contact jersey at practice, at the morning skate today, so that means he he could be eligible to play. And I try to pin. Oh, hold on, he's that. having a no, he's having a no contact jersey, or he's okay. back in a regular he's, jersey. He's back in a regular jersey, right? Because I thought he was trending towards playing Sunday yeah. night against the Blues, and he practiced on Thursday with a no contact jersey but he was going full he was going full i mean guys weren't hitting him but he was skating it didn't look like there were any impediments to his skating and stuff like that which is part of his game so and i assume what it was uh, either a bone a bone bruise or a hyperextended knee he looked fine so I, I, the progression was to take that red sweater off and put him in a regular colored sweater which they did at the morning skate so and i asked todd about it and he wouldn't pin it i said i don't really have a guess i said can i guess he goes sure i go tuesday he goes maybe and everybody starts laughing, so you don't really know. But well, here's but, some breaking news, yeah. Dennis. As we're having this conversation, McClellan has made it. He has confirmed that um, Fiala is available to play tonight. Does not mean he's in, but means he is available to play. So he's cleared to go. So again, if Lazat's out and Fiala's in, not that it's a one-to-one switch from a positional standpoint, but that's a one-to-one right. switch from a player standpoint. And back to the point from earlier. Poor Jad, he might be on the outside looking in. But also, to your point, if you put Kapari up on the third line and let him play center, um, then what are you going to do down on the fourth line? So they are yeah. going to have to figure this out. McEwen can play center if you're leaving him in there. We all know that Velarde can play center. There's a couple different ways uh, to go about doing this. Trevor Moore even played some center. Yeah. Don't forget that, sure. Dennis. Trevor Moore played some center uh, with Team USA at the World Championship. So there's there are a number of different ways uh, to go about skinning this cat. Yeah, and yeah, I would not move more, more more off that line. But you know, I asked Todd, John, it's getting hard to make decisions for this team. There's going to be some hard decisions to be made. I said, Todd, is it easy? He goes, No, it's actually not easy. It's not a luxury because before, when guys were not playing well, and you sit them down, you just tell you sit down. You're not playing well. You know, here's your here's your seat in the press box. When he's sitting guys out, they're playing well. Like John, John did nothing wrong this year. He's played really well. As a matter of fact, I went up to him like a month ago. I said, you know what? I'm real happy for you, man. Like that that you've you you've established yourself as an NHL player. You could put some pucks in the nets. And he said, thanks. But um, there's hard decisions to be made here. Because when Fiala comes back and and Gabe's now fully healthy, like you got issues <laughs> with the lineup. And not only that, but we could talk about in the third period probably what's going to happen happen in net. But this is a, a team that's playing very, very well. So it, like I haven't been on this team that 
like for years now where you've had to make decisions like this, John, where you've got probably 14 forwards that could play and you can only play 12. It's a luxury to have, but it's making it more difficult for Todd as the, as the playoffs roll closer. Well, Dennis, just think about the fact that Arthur Kaliev was, he had the yeah. second most power play goals on the team <laughs> no. and, he, and he can't even sniff getting in the lineup. It's, I know. it is a luxury it's and it's, it's amazing how deep this team is. Dennis, third and fourth line, they're the most productive in the NHL. I think they actually were number two the last time I looked it up a couple of days ago. They are getting tremendous production from the third and fourth line. Now, of course, part of that is when Fiala spent time on the third line as well, but it right, just speaks to the depth of the organization right now where they have too many forwards. Uh, and there were, you know, just a couple of years ago where they didn't have enough quality forwards to get into the lineup. And then even on defense, Jordan Spence, who's been up with the club, he hasn't even really been able to play more than one or two games. Um, Walker looks fine there on the third pair. I would argue that you should be playing uh, you should be playing Spence just because I think it gives you a different look on the power play. But um, yeah. when the club's 10-0-1, it's kind of hard to criticize the lineup, Dennis. You can't criticize them. People were crying about the third-pair defenseman and the fourth-line moves. I'm like, stop it. Like, if you watch this team, this team is like is 8 0 at the time. Some, some Oh, donkey, hold on a second. Uh-oh, donkey alert. We need a, we need a button for that, Dennis. Yeah, like a hee-haw or something like that. <laughs> so at the practice on Thursday – they was talking about the lineup and just the team, how the team is just better, more talent. And Todd had to sit in, and I, I wasn't privy to it back, I don't know when it was, maybe early the season. He said, you can't win the derby with a donkey. <laughs> um, and he said, look, I'm not saying that the players before weren't, were donkeys. I'm just saying that the, the talent here is fine. I said, yeah, well, you can't you know, win the derby with a donkey, but you can be on Twitter. As a donkey, so that was my donkey. Life. And of course, Zach Dooley, Jessica, all, all the guys that know me looked at me when he said donkey. And I'm like, yeah, I know donkey exactly. So, hey, let me tell but, you, TV. Yeah. You and I yeah. both know this. Don't believe for a second that it wasn't intentional because they tell you, they tell us that they're not on Twitter and they don't read yeah, all that stuff. And it's all BS. They all have burner accounts. They that's all read true. everything. So that's absolutely true, Jay. It's absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, Dennis, we're going to get, we're going to move over to the second period here. We're going to get, uh, Gavrikov in. We'll do an interview with him and, uh, see what we can do. Maybe we'll get him signed to a contract right now and just get it all wrapped up so that, uh, Twitter can calm down. We'll come back in the third period. Let's talk about this recent run of 10, 0 and one. And let's also at the same time, let's talk about the upcoming schedule. They are going to go out on the road. And I think to be fair, Dennis, they are going to be facing some tougher competition here coming up and they still have games against Vegas and against Edmonton and against Seattle, we can talk about all of that. Break it all down. Right after that, we're going to take uh, we're going to take a break though, and we'll be back with Vladislav Gavrikov. He'll join us here on Kings of the Podcast. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great, 
talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash blue wire sports offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash blue wire sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Welcome back, Kings of the Podcast, second period. And uh, coming out of the NHL trade deadline, the uh, Kings acquired a couple of players, and we're very pleased to be joined by one of them right now, Vladislav Gavrikov. That's a that's a mouthful, man. Uh, you, thank you to your parents for, for uh, making that such a challenging name to, to say. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, guys, what's going on? Is that, uh, is that, is that why most people just call you Vlad? Uh, yeah, Vlad is the true one. Like Vladislav is like more official, so no one usually call me like Vladislav. <laughs> Only when it's you're like in for the more paperwork and stuff like that. Only when you're in trouble. Um, maybe yeah, Vladislav. Yeah, sounds like a trouble. Wait, does your wife ever call you Vladislav, or she only calls you Vlad? No, like Vlad. Yeah. Like yeah. Vlad, not, not really Vladislav, yeah. Even when you leave dirty laundry around the house and it needs to be cleaned up, she still just, she just goes Vlad? Well, she can call me on the last name. That's <laughs> <kind of more. laughs> oh, that's, then you really know you're in trouble. Um, exactly, yeah. Well, I, you know, the few times that we've talked since you arrived in Los Angeles, uh, we've talked about your wife and uh, that sort of stuff. So just uh, how, how nice is it? Or is the family settling in? You know, you have a young child as well. Is everybody everybody good enjoying Los Angeles? Yeah, that's pretty good. Like while we left uh, at the hotel, you know, that was kind of that was kind of annoying every every day. Like especially we having we having the dog, so that's kind of weird. As soon as we found the place and moved in, like uh, that makes it like much easier for the wife and like even for the daughter. She finally have a room and like some extra space to like walk around. Yeah, and for the dog, of course. You know, like we can walk with him right now. Like not around the hotel and like somewhere else, which is nice. Uh, and yeah, as soon as, soon as we settle in, that's like kind of make, make it easier right now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, oh, it seems like a lot of Kings players have dogs. What type of dog is it? And, and what's the dog's name? Uh, Cavalier King Charles, like pretty small, small bread. He, he's like a 12 pounds, uh, only. And, uh, his name is Willie. Okay. So he's like four years old. Uh, yeah. Like in trouble a lot, I would say. Uh, in <laughs> some, some of the places around U.S. and uh, back in Europe and Russia as well. So that's like kind of probably dream life for him, which is 
probably he don't understand right now, but I I can tell. I yeah. can tell he living his best life. Yeah, for sure. So so probably he was the most excited about the trade because it was an opportunity to go to another city and and see other things. Well, probably yeah. I mean, he probably didn't realize that it was the last second, but he get used to that. You know, we always like since we always jump all over the places and like apartments, houses, wherever countries. So he kind of like get used to that. Just slept on the carry, so not a big deal for him. Just another flight. <laughs> Just another flight. There you go. Now your daughter had a Kings jersey right away. Uh, has anybody gifted you yet some some Kings swag for the dog? A little Kings sweater or T-shirt or anything? No, he's got a bone like a toy. So that was a, like uh, uh, like soft toy uh, in the form uh, of the bone. So he he's got it as well. Okay, good. Well, let's jump into some other topics then. So uh, the other night you were at the Lakers game uh, down down courtside. The Lakers weren't trying to recruit you, were they? Um, no, didn't doesn't sit like that to be honest. But yeah, that was that was a great game though. Like the Chiefs lost them and uh, they they won, which is my most important. So that's that's good for them. Now, are you a Lakers fan? Are you a basketball fan? Or you just you like sports and it was just something to do and you were trying to you know connect with the city? Um, I would I would say it wasn't like wasn't really fan because that was my uh, my second game in the NBA. Uh, the first was uh, like the week ago, and that was the Lakers game as well. So we got a like perfect fit. So I can tell you that my wife she became a huge fan of uh, like basketball. She oh. loved that game. Wow! Like, yeah that that was that was impressive. She goes like, we should go every time when we can <laughs> on, the, on the game. I was like, why? Because she's like, I love that game. That's, that's so good. Like, so much going on, like, so fast, kind of different than hockey. I was like, okay, yeah, we can, we can actually go right now. And I, yeah, I like it. I like it though. Especially with those hits, that, that was, that was like very impressive uh, for the first NBA game, I would say. So, so not bad. You've, uh, you've been in town for a couple of weeks and you're already taking in the spoils of the Lakers. Just wait until baseball season opens and uh, we get you out to a Dodgers game. Uh, well, that would be nice, but to be honest, I'm not, uh, not like MLB fan, like any, any kind of bad baseball, to be honest. But I will probably, I will definitely try. Okay. Well, you weren't a Lakers fan either. And look, 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 in just a couple of weeks, you've already warmed up to it. Exactly, so may, may, yeah. may, maybe uh, coming out to, yeah. to the game and blue heaven on earth and maybe, uh, you know, being there at Dodger Stadium, maybe it'll get the juices flowing. Yeah, that's where I'm saying probably like you should better just start it and after that you will figure this out. Okay, there you go. Figure it out. Um, let, how about your number? Uh, one of the things that intrigued me right away coming out of the trade was knowing that you were going to be getting a new jersey number because you, in the NHL, you had previously worn 44, taken by Mikey Anderson. You had worn number four yeah. uh, in the rafters, retired from Rob Blake. I, I'm assuming during your first phone call, you didn't ask Blakey to take four down out of the rafters, right? So uh, I did some research. You wore number six back when you were uh, with Team Russia at the World Juniors in 2015. I think you captained that team exactly. also. Yeah. So, so where, yeah. did the, where did the 84 come from? Uh, for me, that was like, I wore it uh, back in KHL. I played two years with number 46 as well. Mm -hmm. So that was like four and six uh, for me for two years. And uh, that, was, that was taken though. And um, I was like, 
what should I do with that? I would rather have a four on the back for sure. I'm starting looking for the numbers, what they have with number four. And I figure like eight is going to be nice because it looks pretty good on me um, on like on a big back. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's like, it's like, I would say uh, double four. You know what I'm saying? Like four plus four is going to go like eight. And uh, I have additional four. So it's like, which is ended up at 84. So that was like uh, in my head, pretty good setup, and uh, actually it looks good. I like it. Yeah, you put some you put some thought into that. I like it. It's always a boring story when somebody says, "I don't know, I had nothing to do with it. Uh, the equipment staff just handed it to me." But it sounds like you put some thought into it. How about this? Did you know that you're the first eighty four in LA Kings history? Here's a hockey club that's been around for over fifty years. Nobody has ever worn number yeah. eighty four except you. Well. Welcome to the club, I would say, right? So <laughs> something, something new, something new every day for me. So I was, yeah, I didn't know that to be honest. Like I'm just choosing a number, and after that they told me. So uh, pretty good, very impressive. Yeah, that's my job here when, 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 during the podcast. I'm just going to try to give you a bunch of new information that you might not have known before. Um, I, I love your I sense knew of that. humor. You, you, yeah, yeah. At least you you were prepared. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll take that, that as a, a badge of honor. Yes, at least I was prepared. Um, can we talk about that 2015 World Juniors for just a moment? Because uh, Adrian Kempe, Kevin Fiala, they both played in that World Juniors. Um, I'm curious. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if that's come up at all, and if Kempe happen has happened to uh, remind you, as he uh, is known to do on occasion, he outscored Connor McDavid in that tournament. He had eight points in six games. For Team Sweden, of course, you guys uh, played Canada in the finals. So, um, but I'm just curious: has Kempe uh, brought brought up that tournament at all? No, he never said that. But I guess because because they lost that yes. tournament, yes, uh, probably that that that's why uh, he didn't brought it. Okay. Uh, otherwise, he could do that for sure. Well, maybe bef- you guys have a game coming up against Edmonton. Maybe you can use that to uh, to get him going. You can let him know pregame. Come on now, Adrian. You, come on, Juice. You uh, you outplayed Connor McDavid uh, at the 2015 World Juniors, so we're yeah. counting on you tonight to carry the mail and score some goals against the Oilers. Probably I would do that. That would be funny, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, as I'm known to do, I tried to do some research on you before bringing you on to the podcast. By the way, thanks for coming on, Kings of the Podcast. We're really happy to have you. Um, I reached out to one of your old teammates. This is going back a ways. Brandon Cozen, okay. the, the Cozy Bear. You might remember okay. You might remember Brandon Cozen. And I was trying to get some... I remember him. All right. Well, I was trying to get some funny stories about you. And what he said was, he said, John, I don't really have a specific funny story. But what I really remember about him is he was always nice, much nicer than most of the other players were. Nice to the imported players, you know, the North American players that came over. And um, he remembered that you spoke English as well and always attempted to talk to them in English, which they, he and the other imports really appreciated. So now I'll just ask you, what, any, any funny stories about... Uh, former Kings draft pick, former Kings prospect, Brandon Cozen, that you might remember. <laughs> uh, could remember anything like really, really funny, but like, um, not really, to be honest. Okay. I remember like he 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 put like so much effort uh, playing. Uh, I can remember two years I played with him, or just a year, but like he always uh, he always been trying so hard, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, he he been around a while. I would say like Russia and like KHL, yep. wherever. But uh, yeah, he he was a nice guy. 
He's the opposite of you. He's a smaller player who has to work really hard and dart in and out of, uh, you know, spaces to create space and try to score goals. And then there's you, the big hulking number 84 uh, on the back end. So a little, little bit of an opposite player than you. Yes, exactly. But he, he he's like so fast, though. He like can pick it up the speed so fast and like carry the puck, you know, like he shoots hard as well. And uh, for the like big guys like me, if you, if you will be like a, like a, Let's say full speed is going to be tough to stop. So he—he—that's he, his strength for sure. Vlad, you're pretty fast yourself, and it's one of the first things I noticed about you here in Los Angeles. You and I talked about it a few weeks ago uh, when there was a, a play at one end, and then I noticed how you really motored to get from one end of the ice all the way up the other. And you laughed when I asked you about being a really fast player, and, and you just kind of responded like, "Yeah, that's my job, man." <laughs> well, honestly, like if you. If you're jumping like so hard in the offense, you better you better make sure you can come back the same same amount of speed. You know what I'm saying? Like because it's like sometimes you try to join the rush, and like some reason it's turnover and you didn't score the goal, but and you have to chase back, and like it's kind of annoying. The better just score the goal and like celebrate, right? <laughs> so that's that's my point. At least, at least, at least you can stop the game uh, yes. the way like that, right? Like it's gonna be even the face-off, or if you will score the goal, good for you and for the team, right? Yes. So that that's my point. If you jump in so hard on the rush, make sure at least it's gonna be it's gonna be stopped there. Yes, that's a great philosophy. If you're gonna jump in the rush, at least finish the job, score the goal, so you don't exactly. have to skate back. Yes. Exactly. Well, exactly. <laughs> Wonderful advice for uh, young defensemen. There you go. Um, so the trade to Los Angeles. God, you crack me up. The The trade to Los Angeles. Um, I, I'm just curious. How different was it? Because I noticed that you were traded back in the KHL as well. Is is it different when you're traded in the KHL? Is it the same feeling? Did, did, did being traded to Los Angeles stir up any of those feelings of, okay, pack up everything. We're leaving. We're going to another town. Like just what, what? Compare maybe the two things, being traded in the KHL to being traded in the NHL. Well, I would say that was completely different because I was uh, I was traded during the summer. So I had plenty of time to pack the stuff and, like, uh, moving in, find a new place. That was the off-season, though. So, like, I had pretty much a month, month and a half to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here, that was only, like, 24 hours for us. Mm-hmm. Even my my head was a little bit busy because uh, the March first there was a like trade happened like at midnight that day. Mm-hmm. Um, my my wife she she had a birthday, so my my head was like a little bit on a on the opposite way because I have to set it up the balloons and like gifts. A lot of flowers was coming up in the morning, so that was like that was my thought the day before, and uh, when the things start showed up. I would say uh, that was like pretty much complicated because she woke up in the morning. She didn't know about it. I, I knew because we, we flew back from uh, from Buffalo to Columbus, uh, but she didn't know that she she's woke up. That my first my first word for her was like, "Hey, honey, good morning, happy birthday." We should pack this up because we're going to late. Jeez. She goes like, "What's going on right now?" Like, yeah, because like she she'll never forget it though. No, I don't think a, she's going we, to forget it. We, no, that was yeah, a memorable yeah. birthday. Yes. Yeah, we had a reservation to the restaurant, like for the nice dinner, like plenty, plenty of gifts coming up, like the flowers and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you just we just changed the plans on the fly. We had a flight at four, 
so we we like picked up the old stuff till pretty much 2 p.m. My daughter, she was uh, in the preschool, so I like dropped her there for the couple hours to give like for us some room to to like pack the old stuff after that, pick it up. Her, she was like pretty much about to nap. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Daddy, what's going on? Like, I, I want to nap with a few hours. So I was like, hey, honey, you will nap on the plane. <laughs> it's a different story today. So that was like pretty, uh, yeah, pretty specific. And uh, yeah, that was something special for us, I would say. Vlad, I'm very impressed. You're you're a bit of a romantic. Flowers, balloons, a nice dinner. You have it all dialed in. Uh, you sound like a pretty good husband. Uh you you better ask her and not me, but like you 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 always try to like do something special for the birthday, you know, like balloons, flowers, dinner is like probably the least what I can do. Yeah, for sure. Let me ask you. Maybe this is a bit of a weird question, but do you think it was better that you found out about the trade when you were you know by yourself, meaning that you weren't with her, so that you sort of had time to process it and then you could present it to her the right way, or or do you think it was harder? finding out about the trade when you guys weren't together and you couldn't process it together? Probably together is better because like, uh, since, since that, like we, we have a lot of questions what we can like discuss and make, makes it easier for me. Like you can hear the opposite opinion probably and like figure things out, uh, because I had a lot of questions about the family right away and I didn't know what, what she preferred to do, like stay there because we have a dog and like a two years old daughter or she would rather like pick it up on the fly and go with me. What we should do with the cars. Uh, when do you want to come? And uh, like a lot, a lot of questions, what should we do with the dog? A lot of questions. Like I couldn't figure this out by myself. Mm-hmm. So I would prefer probably talk with her. But uh, anyway, I, I had plenty of time on the, on the plane and on the way home. So I couldn't like fall asleep till four, I would say, and woke up on the next day, like six thirty. Yeah, so, um, that was that was quick night for me. So uh, that's interesting. So even though what I'm what I'm understanding here is that even though your name had been kind of in trade rumors and had been out there, it sounds like you guys hadn't really thought about it. You hadn't talked about it too much, and you kind of waited until it actually happened. Because like all all the time, if you start planning something, it can can goes wrong, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where we figured. And you you like you just can't like build the plans for the next day because you never, you never know where you ended up. Right. Mm-hmm. So if it's going to be like, it's going to be, let's say what's the closest to Columbus, like Pittsburgh, we could drive there like literally three hours sure. on the, on our cars. And we could like park the stuff like in the cars. That would, that would be much easier for mm-hmm. us, let's say, right. Because mm-hmm. it's close and opposite, opposite like Los Angeles, like different coasts. And you have to like figure this out on the fly because you have a like flight in the, let's say 10 hours. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, because it's like, it's, it's kind of different though. Yes. And when you start planning and you like, something goes wrong, you like start, start thinking probably there was like annoying idea and you just upset and like, it's not going to help. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When the, when the things showed up and you can relax, react quickly, mm-hmm. right? You, at least, you know, it's going to happen or it's already happening. So you can like figure this out right now, like in the real time, instead of just applying things like on the next few days, it's not going to work. Not going to help though, because you will, you will think about it like pretty much the whole time. Mm-hmm. Were you nervous to tell her or were you excited to tell her? 
No, I was excited for sure. I wasn't nervous because like it's not like it's not a shame. <laughs> like why why should I be <laughs> why should I be? No, I was excited. I wasn't really nervous because yeah. she knew it's gonna come, but mm-hmm. like probably didn't know exactly where and when, but she knew it's gonna come. What's been the best part of Los Angeles besides the Laker games and now having a place outside of the hotel to live? What, what what's been the most exciting thing uh, about, about being in Los Angeles here for the past you know couple of weeks, month or so? Well, beside beside the hockey, or like I, I was excited about the team. I was excited about the play the hockey because I was uh, wasn't playing for the two weeks, mm-hmm. and uh, I was I was really into it to jump right away and play the game. So I was so excited about that. Like if you would say beside beside the hockey, uh, my answer gotta be the weather mm-hmm. because uh, Columbus have a different different weather obviously like four seasons and uh, it's kind of kind of weird because like it can be on the morning like thirty five Fahrenheit and you walk with the dog like with a winter jacket I would say after that you go you go into the rink it's like forty five already. And you have to wear something different. And after the practice, like during the day, it's gonna be like sixty-five up to seventy. Mm. So okay. that's kind of that's kind of weird. That's kind of weird weather, to be honest. And uh, you know, like the people who have uh, like a uh, health problem, you know, like with the, with the pressure and stuff in the head, it's like so hard with for the old people living there. If you not get used with that. It's like really hard to move there, there and live in there. Yeah, you you will have a headache. Um, and like just just a kind of pain in the bones, like because I spoke with the, some other friends and they they told me that yes. so it's like really hard. It's really hard, uh, like climate to live there. Well, LA, and, it uh, sounds I've like. Heard, oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've heard so so many good things about the LA weather. That was like so nice, so sunny. I, like weather is such a beautiful. We came here. What do you think? 10 days was raining. Yeah, I know. Raining and cloudy. <laughs> and I was like, guys, you probably lied to me. We're like, no, what's no. going on here? No, no. It was like, we never had it 10 years. No, it's 10, true. For the 10 years, we, we swear to God. It was like, no way it can be like that for like two weeks already. Come no. on. I'm telling you, it has rained. Like, you, you, you probably, yeah, you probably brought it from Columbus. I was like, here we go, guys. You're fucked up. Yes. Well, you must have brought it from somewhere because it has rained more in the last two months than it has rained in the last yeah. probably five years combined. It is insane. Yeah. So, yes, we you mentioned four seasons. We only have two seasons uh, in California. That's it. We have two seasons. Yeah. And that season is yeah. summer and then just a little bit colder than summer. But, and we normally yeah. call that winter, yeah. but that's not really traditional winter. It's, it's not really. No, it's no, not no, real no, winter. I, I, Fake winter. Yeah, I, I <laughs> Yes, I grew up with the like four season. Uh, pretty much lived uh, there for the whole life, so I like. I'm like pretty impressive to see how is how is that exactly. All right, it's warming up from here on out. I just looked at the ten day forecast. There's only one day of rain that's expected, so forget about that one. Other than that, it's going to be sunshine. You, your wife, your daughter, the dog. You're all Willie. You guys are all going to enjoy it. Um, let's talk a little hockey then, since you mentioned it. I guess we have to work that into the interview at some point. Um, You've been yeah. partnered a lot with Matt Roy. He's a very serious, very sort of quiet and reserved uh, uh, guy, and you seem to have a little bit of a bigger personality. Is that a good fit, sort of opposites attract, that he's he's quiet and reserved and, and you're a little bit of a bigger, funnier personality? It's like whenever it works for the, for the team, I, I, would, I would stick with that. 
but he's a good guy though. Uh, off the ice, we really, we like chatted a lot, and uh, he's he's a nice guy. Probably like a little bit quieter than me, but uh, yeah, that's why I'm here. I can help him out. Uh, <laughs> we, we will figure this out. I love it. Um, are you in the group chat yet with the team? So, are, is is Drew blowing up your phone with his text messages yet? Uh, yeah, actually, he invited me for the dinner, like our first road trip right away. So, uh, I, I, w- I would prefer to do the same, but he like invited me right in, uh, like during the practice, like right after the practice on the ice. Oh, okay. So, uh, like, yes, yeah, he, he was a little bit faster than me because I thought like jump on the plane and after that ask him, but he came to me like right after the practice on the ice saying like, Hey, do you want to grab a dinner together? Like you, Corpy and, uh, like, uh, Max. Like the new guys, I was like, "Yeah, I would love to." Yeah, like, let's go. And uh, yeah, he he was he was so nice for that. Like, uh, I mean, I, I I wish I could do the same. Like, I w- I would do the same for sure. But he just came earlier to me. Great. Uh, it, it, now, have you stopped laughing? Is, is Drew keeping you just laughing all the time with uh, all of his Drewisms? I try to do the same, to be honest. So we had a good time. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, you mentioned Corpy. I'm curious. Um, obviously, you guys are linked now because you guys came together in the trade. But were you guys close when you were in Columbus? Was that one of the guys that you sort of hung around? Or, or you know, no, he was a teammate. We were, you know, friendly. But you wouldn't consider him, like, you know, one, one of your people that's in your inner circle. Uh, probably, I would say, like, I... With the, like any teammate that was like not not really close but like close enough for the teammates mm-hmm. so uh but obviously i, I were closer with the russian crew our russian crew yeah uh but with the like european guys we had a couple lunches together like uh we uh, we flew to finland this year with columbus for the global series mm-hmm. playing uh played against avalanche mm-hmm. so we were uh, all together there like i've had a bunch of questions to him about like Finland and stuff because i i've been there obviously before but like it's something new with um coming like that for the nhl team and i had a question about the families and stuff like what do you think how many how many uh friends he invite for the game like what what they gonna do because like you know obviously hometown for him and for uh that was a for patrick kleiner that's something probably you you would love to see for yourself one day mm-hmm. uh just playing like a couple of games in your hometown so like just ask like what they thought about it and uh yeah since traded like we we've been like closing off because uh we we like could figure this out so many questions all together and our families flew with us all together so which is nice and uh we could help uh, each other for the like first few days because we didn't know uh, where exactly the ring, how we should drive. We drove all together. Mike Anderson uh, drove us for the first time just to show like all the exits and like details and stuff. So that was uh, that was kind of just better to uh, have a teammate who you can like share your thoughts about the team and like you know figure the questions out like exactly where, where we're going to live and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What kind of a driver is Mikey Anderson? Is he a good driver? Mm, <laughs> not, good, not good as me. I mean, like because I'm, I'm like, you know, like traffic, like traffic. It's like so hard to me. I I just can't stand it still. It's 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 so hard to me. Like I I told my wife like probably yesterday or like two days ago because like it's the hardest part to me just standing still for the like no moving mm. somewhere like 
for a couple of minutes. It couldn't be worse for me. Okay. So I'm like, I'm, I'm always trying to like be as fast as I can. And of course, with the limit, but I mean, like just hate, hate just traffic. Got it. So, but he, he was he he was good. We we drove like pretty fast. I'm like try to just figure figure out like where the exits at, like the fast tracks, and like what, how we how we can like avoid the traffic. What he doing for the like local traffic here? He tried to explain me that, so that was kind of interesting. Okay, uh, you mentioned you know going overseas and and asking questions uh if you're still with the kings next season they're going to be starting the year in australia playing some preseason games over there what do you think about going over to australia and would you tap into maybe jordan spence to uh to to tap into uh you know the australian side of life we can do that i've never been there to be honest that was kind of like uh always was so far away for me to fly during the summer there yeah and uh actually it's still far away from here but if we if yeah, if I will be here, that would that would be nice. Like I will be excited for sure. It's like something probably like lifetime opportunity to play hockey in Australia. Uh, showed like showed showed up and showed like LA Kings and uh, NHL in general, and just seeing how the people live in there. You know, probably like a lot of people thinking about uh, the same for the Europe, like for Russia or China, wherever you want to go. Just like so far away at some point, or you to have a time or money and. Right now, you, you will have that kind of opportunity to go. you probably be excited for sure. So, Vlad, let's just wrap up with this then. You and I, we've had this nice conversation here. We're getting to know each other. We're vibing a little bit. Uh, and you're talking about next season. I think what you've given me are all the reasons why you should come back to Los Angeles. So, if I understand things correctly, when you were in Columbus, you had talked about being interested in exploring free agency over the summer. But look, you're going to get Lakers season tickets. Your wife is going to be happy. You guys are going to be in better weather. <laughs> it's going to save your bones and everything as you get older. So that's good. You're going to get to go play in Australia, uh, which is you know going to be somewhere that you've never played before. Once in a lifetime opportunity. Mikey Anderson's going to be your personal Uber driver. He's going to drive you all around town so that you don't have to deal with traffic. And you're going to put a stamp on 84 and become the first LA Kings legend to ever wear number 84. It seems like a done deal. Like, should you and I just negotiate the deal right now? What do you think? Five years, six years? What what what's uh what do we need to do to get this done right now today on the podcast? I think if Mike Anderson will be in that deal as an Uber driver for me, I'm not gonna sign here. That's what I think. <laughs> uh, but but other, <laughs> but other than that looks like pretty good. We, okay. we can talk about it after the season. <laughs> okay. So well there you go. See, that's how negotiations go. We figured out the good deal points and we need to get Mikey Anderson out of the contract. He needs to go do something different, but uh we got it. Exactly. We got it handled. Yeah. We're he already will, there. He will be yeah, he will be good at golf player. He feel retired, so as far as I know. Okay. Well, th- there you go. The deal is done. Vlad, it's been outstanding. Uh, we'll let you run. We'll let you get some rest and uh, big weekend series. We really appreciate you coming on and joining the podcast. We're going to have to get you back on over the summer, though, because you're too funny, dude. So I'm sure there's more jokes that you have, and we can uh, we can have a good time after the season's over and hopefully after the LA Kings have a long uh, and fruitful uh, uh, postseason in the playoffs. Yeah, thank you for having me, guys. Thank you so much. There you go. Vlad, we will be back after the break, and we'll talk more about that and other L.A. Kings hockey tidbits.
Welcome back to the third period of Kings of the Podcast with DB and the Mayor. Welcome back, third period, Kings of the Podcast. Dennis, it's going to be hard to top that second period interview there uh, with Gavrikov. Thank you oh, yeah. for uh, thank you to the PR team for setting that up and having him come on. And I think we settled everything that we need to know uh, about this new player joining the LA Kings. It's a done deal. Yeah. It's all handled. Yeah. Close, close, case closed. Let's go. Let's move on to the next thing. Let's move on to Corpus Allis signing up, whatever. So, but yeah, yeah, it was, he's, he's a great guy. Teammates love him. Um, funny guy. And uh, yeah, that was a, <laughs> you, you do, you're a closer, Jay. We know you're a closer. So you did. I'm just doing my small part. Just, just trying to, just trying to handle stuff. Uh, but yes, That's thank all. you. You know what? To help out. Thank you to the player though, as well, because it takes two, right? And so you have to have a, a willing sparring partner during these interviews to, you know, sort sure. of open up. And let's be honest, he doesn't know us. He's only been in town right. for a couple of weeks. So it's not right. like we've developed a relationship like many of the other players on the team. And he of didn't course. come up through the system, you know, getting to know him in Ontario and whatnot. So, um, you know, for having only known us for a couple of weeks here, I thought he was pretty open and he was a lot of fun. And it just speaks to, uh, to his personality in general. So, Let's take a look at the schedule. But before we talk about the L.A. Kings, Dennis, I know you need your Ontario rain report, your your I-10 yes. hockey report. Yeah. The rain were struggling there for a while, Dennis. They, they lost 10 straight games, which is pretty unbelievable. Um, pretty proud of the headline also from one of the articles that said not all 10s are perfect. Um, <laughs> that's, that's very true, Dennis. Um, <laughs> you like that one? <laughs> I love it. It's great. It's true. Not all 10s are perfect. Uh Man, what a tough stretch. I mean, you you lose five games in a row. You're gripping your stick. That's pretty yeah. bad. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Um, you talk about Twitter donkeys. You probably didn't even have this on your radar. There were some people calling from Marco Sturm's head. They wanted him fired course, in Ontario. Oh, of course they were. I mean, it's like, dude, Marco Sturm's not getting fired because the rain lost ten games in a row. It's a developmental league, you know, et cetera. Anyway, um, the good news is they've turned it around. Cal Peterson had a shutout. What a way to end a, a, a long losing streak with a shutout. Fantastic. Yeah. Came back in a second game and basically could have had a shutout in that game. A puck took a weird bounce off a stanchion and kind of went in. And mm -hmm. um, other than that weird fluky goal, as far as I'm concerned, it was a shutout. So it's, it's like when uh, Daryl Sutter used to tell us that the game really was 3-2, even though the final score was 4-2 <laughs> because he wouldn't right. count certain goals. So right. as far as I'm concerned, Cal had back-to-back -back shutouts. I don't care what Hockey DB will tell you. Daryl Sutter will. Got it. <laughs> it's okay. it's, it's Daryl math, okay? It's farmer math. It, it works yeah. out different. He needs but, some math up there in Calgary right now. Yeah. <laughs> he meant to get in the playoffs. <laughs> He's on the losing end of the math right now. But uh, just, yes, the Ontario rain. Look, here's the thing, though, Dennis. Yeah. If you, if you watch the club, and you sort of understood what was going on with the lineup. I won't say it was to be expected. Like you look at the lineup and go, wow, they're going to lose 10 in a row. You don't ever sure. expect a professional hockey team at any level to lose 10 games in a row. That's, you know, that's, that's pretty difficult to do, but they really were lacking in depth there for a while. You have mm -hmm. Kapari up. Who's been up, you know, the majority of the year with the Kings, you right. take Spence out of that lineup. Who's the power play on the quarterback, uh, uh excuse yeah. me, the, <laughs> the quarterback on the power play. Right. I'll right. get it right. Dennis. Don't worry. Um, and then, you also had Alex Turcott out of the lineup. And right. so they needed that depth at center. Akil Thomas has been out injured this year. They just, they were, they had a lot of injuries and call-ups that were impacting that lineup and the depth was missing. And, you know, I'm not saying that they started winning those last couple of games because Alex Turcott was back in the lineup, but it certainly doesn't hurt when, sure. when you can slide Turcott in at the two C, he is an impact right. player. And you look at the difference of just that one player 
what it's meant to the Ontario Reign having him in there. And Turcotte also getting points in both games, which is a nice sign to see uh, when a guy comes back from a long injury or being sure. out of the lineup for an extended time, and then he starts producing points as well. So kudos yeah. to the Ontario Reign. They're playing this afternoon. It's one of those double dips of hockey here in Southern California. The Reign, and then also the Kings are playing. So I thought you would enjoy that. Hey, uh, Dennis, um, I know how much you love those chrome helmets. I did just want to point out <laughs> to you that Saturday yes. uh, against Winnipeg, that might have been um, – well, that might have. It was the last time that you will have been able to to see the the alternate jerseys uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. There are two more. I thought those were road games. There are two more at home. I apologize. Okay. So that was the last time in March, which doesn't say much because the month is over. But um, Colorado comes in on Saturday, April 8th, and then Vancouver's here on Monday, April 10th. Mm-hmm. The Kings will wear the uh, the chrome buckets for both of those. So, Dennis, there aren't even 10 games left in the season. Uh, hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, there's 10 today, I guess. There's 10, so, yeah. This is it. The final stretch of 10 games. I was just looking at April and realizing there weren't 10 games, but I guess you have to include the three here in March. So yes. 10 games remaining. Now, Dennis, here's my question for you. In listening to some of the national media, some of the pundits, some of the other people around that are on the radio and whatnot, um, there seems to be two schools of camp. And like everything in America, things are divided. Of course, Half the groups right now they are threatened by the Kings. They think that the Kings are one of the scary teams in the NHL right now, that they're peaking at the mm-hmm. right time, heading yep. into the playoffs. And they're, they're saying this is a team that is sneaky good, really good, underrated. And then you have another group of people, Dennis, that are saying, all right, look, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. They haven't beaten teams. Uh, we know the strength of schedule. And so they're kind of buying into the strength of schedule part and said, look, this team you know, they've had they've had a nice run here recently against some inferior competition that they should be beating, but that this team doesn't have the defensive chops and uh, they don't have the goaltending depth that they need in order to be a serious playoff contender. And so they're down on the L.A. Kings. Where do you stand uh, in those two schools of camp? They're no worse than any other team that's making the playoffs. There aren't. That, they, they is that a backhanded any, compliment? They're no. no worse than any other team? Well, for the people that say they're doing the smoke and mirrors. You know, John, there's a lot of teams that had, like, I remember a team named Seattle where they they were tied uh, with the Kings and had four games in hand, and you didn't win those games. It's like, so you had an easy schedule, you won them, and that makes you a lesser team, where if you lost those games, people say, oh, they're really not that good because they lost those games. So you can't, if you've decided that this team is not as strong as the other teams. And John, as we sit here on Sunday, the Minnesota Wild are in first place in the Central. Now, Colorado might pass them, but are the Kings any appreciably worse than, than, than Minnesota? Or two points behind Vegas? Or ahead of Edmonton? No, they're a legitimate team. They are. Like, they check. And they score goals. And their power play is what? Top six, top seven? They're better offensively, and they're getting solid goaltending. So, no, their the teams should be scared. Look, Caesar Sports has them 5-1 to one to win the West. Like, you're not an underdog at that point. Maybe because they're coming off a situation where they were like the, the equivalent of a 71-point team two seasons ago. They got to 99. They lost in the first round. Yeah, could they go and play Edmonton again in the first round and lose to Connor and Leon in seven again? They could. Could they beat that team? Could they beat Vegas? Absolutely. There's not a team here except for a really, really healthy Colorado Avalanche team, which they've beaten twice this year, that that could beat. The, and I don't think Colorado's ever going to be that healthy. So they are legit. The, the people that say they're legit and a dangerous team, of course they are, because that's what you want. You want to be healthy and you'll be trending, playing in the right in the right way down the stretch. That's what this team has done. It's not their fault. And, John, 
no team. I think they lead the West in home wins. So they've checked a lot of boxes to say they're a really good team. And that's what I think they are. You don't get to a 107 point team and that's what they're on track for. Like, it's not luck, John. It's this 82 game schedule. Like I get it. Are, are they this invincible team that they've been over the last month where they haven't lost on regulation? No, they're not invincible, but they absolutely could beat any of the other seven teams in the postseason. Now, they could lose a lot to a lot of those teams, so it's not like there's a clear separation between themselves and these other teams, but they're in the pack, and they're legitimate. They're right, right now, the way they're playing, they're legitimate to come out of the West. They, they have a legitimate shot to do that. So let me unpack a little bit of that there, Dennis, and, yeah, and, sure. and build on some of that. <clears throat> Part of it, you talked about it being an 82-game schedule. Part of it for me and why I think this team is legit, it starts with – the body of work, and we're not just talking about a small sample size. We're not talking about this lesser than schedule, strength of schedule, uh, uh, you know, favorability of recent times. You have to go yeah. back to the middle of December. Dennis, we're now at the end of March. So from the begin- from the middle of December until now, to be a top five team in the league, strength of schedule is not part of the conversation because they've yeah. played quality opponents from middle of December until now. And they've beaten some teams, including going into Colorado and beating Colorado. They've beaten some uh, Vegas. They've beaten some of these teams. So it does make a difference. So that's my point. Number one point. Number two, you mentioned the power play. I think we all know goaltending special teams. That's usually what the playoffs come down to. And the Kings have the power play. The penalty kills usually been there. It's, it's been a little bit sour at times this year, but the pe- the power play is phenomenal. Kudos to Jim Hiller. Uh, by the yeah. way, Jimmy, if you're listening, we've still been trying to book you on the program all season long. So we need we need the former L.A. Kings tough guy to come on and talk about the power play and reminisce about uh, uh, the 90s playing at the forum and whatnot. But the power play is there, Dennis. And then I would go to the defense. Adding Gavrikov, who we talked about earlier, really solidifies this defense. We know that they have the offensive chops. I mean, hell, Matt Roy's going to score 10 goals. So <laughs> we know, though, between Dowdy, between Dersey, between Spence, we know that, mm-hmm. hell, Mikey Anderson even, we know that there's some offensive there. We know what Mikey can do in the playoffs. We saw it last year against Edmonton. So I just think adding 84 to that mix really solidifies the defense. And then you come back to the depth, third line, fourth line, what yeah. they can get, offense, this is an offensive powerhouse. Earlier this year, Dennis, they were fighting for being the top offensive team in the NHL. So they can put goals on the board. There's no doubt about that. So you go, okay, well, John, well, what's the problem then? You just rattled off 20 things that you love about this club. It boils down to one thing, and it's goaltending. Statistically, this team has uh, uh, had incredible goaltending since the trade between yeah. Copley and Corpusalo. My only question is, Who's the starter on game 83 and how long are you willing to go? Because Dennis, you're not doing a goaltending rotation. You're not doing a 50, 50 split. And you and I, I think agree that it's going to be Corpus in game 83. And if it is Corpus in game 83, how long do you stick with him? If something goes wrong in those first couple of games, how quick are you to go back to Copley? And then what happens? I just, it reminds me of the whole Rudy Stauber thing back in 1993, mm-hmm. how, mm-hmm. you know, Rudy fumbled and then Stauber went in. He won the first round of the series and it was Stauber's net, you know, until he lost it and gave it back to Rudy. But it was Stauber's net, which was really interesting considering that Rudy had been the entrenched starter. You don't have that situation here because Copley is not the entrenched starter right he came in from the middle of december and you know resurrected the team season uh and corpus is coming in sort of trying to wrestle that away it is an interesting thing to follow what's going on with the goaltending because i don't know how much longer you can you can go with this rotation 
but the rotation is still happening here as of today. Uh, Copley is scheduled to start uh, the game against the St. Louis Blues, yeah. and then the Kings are getting ready to go out on the road, which is really what I wanted to get to with you, Dennis. On this road trip, um, they're going to play Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, mm-hmm. Sunday. Mm-hmm. So they're not, you know, uh, you don't have a back-to-back situation until next weekend. Is there a possibility that you mix up the rotation on this road trip? Because after this. You're, you're talking about down to like the final five games yeah. of the year. At some point, you, you would think you want to break the rotation and you want yeah. to give one guy the back-to-back starts. When do you do it and which guy is going to get it? Well, I don't think he's decided yet, Todd. And so with, what, 10 games left, I don't think he's made a decision. I, I think you got to make the decision probably in the last week of the season. I, I think you let it ride because you are playing better competition, John. So if one of these goalies plays better against this better competition you're going to face on the road, then you're probably going to lean towards him. And look, I, Phoenix Copley, all the guy does now is win. Like he, he wins. And if you, it's, all he does. it's wild. Isn't it wild? It's, it's so it's, crazy. It's ridiculous. And they're both in the top 20 in uh, expected goals above average shape. So um, it, it's going to be a tough decision. But I keep going back to the fact that one of these two guys made 85 saves in the playoff game. Now he lost that game, but uh, I, I, I'm leaning towards Corpusella. But Phoenix Copley's done no, nothing wrong. And if he were to be the guy, I wouldn't have a problem with it because he's earned it. And maybe he's not your long-term solution, but in the moment, in the season, he's been great. He's been, and the thing about these two guys, they're both very calm in net. And so they have a calming influence. So even when does go, one does go in, which doesn't happen very often anymore, like nobody panics. Nobody makes a bad play after that. Um, they bounce back from these goals. But here's John. I want to get back to the defense for a second. There's an X factor that, I, that I'm, I'm, I've been waiting to ask your opinion on. The Kings um, – have the right or own um, right now the best player in the OHL. Mm-hmm. What are you doing in the postseason with him? Oh, he's playing in the OHL. He's playing. He's playing when for Barry. All the over. Way. When his season's over, I I don't think that he's going. They're not looking for his season to be over. They they plan on going to the Memorial Cup. That's Barry's plan. Okay. They they plan on going on a deep playoff run. If they get eliminated before that, mm-hmm. and he's and he's available. You're asking, would he be with the LA Kings? Yeah, would you play him? I don't think that he gets played. No, I think that I think that a lot of things would have to go wrong before he plays for the Kings. I think that Spence would be more likely to go in. Mm-hmm. Things would have to kind of go wrong because he can play with Ontario as well. They'll be in the playoffs now. Yeah. You're, you're talking, you know, depending timing, is Ontario still playing when Barry's out? Um, could Clark play in the playoffs? Potentially, but it doesn't feel like a Todd McClellan move to put mm-hmm. a guy in that hasn't been around for six months. He certainly would have to be part of the Black Aces for a week or two, and then you'd have to wait and see. And you know, injuries can open up yeah. holes as well. But I, I'm assuming you're asking this question for a specific reason. No, I just was wondering if he becomes available because I remember. And look, I'm not comparing him to Kale McCarr, but remember, Kale went into the playoffs, sure, started playing like a monster. And I'm not comparing the two, but this kid is dominating the OH. He's the best player in the O right now. Oh, there's no right, doubt so about you, it. So if you have that available to you as another weapon in the playoffs, do you want to pull the trigger on it? Now, the, the, and the other question is, John, is he's also at the nine-game threshold. So the next one puts him over with respect to his, his burning um, his first year. I'd have to go back and double-check uh, the math on that one for postseason play th- and if that game would matter. I think I was talking to Foxy about it. I'm, I'm pretty sure it would matter. Okay, well, in that case, then I would be shocked if they played him because okay. if you're gonna if you were gonna do that, you might as well have kept him here the remainder of the year. And even if you Got only it. played him in twenty of the final fifty games, you'd be sure. willing to burn that year of the contract. But I do want to double check that. It's a great question. Postseason, how it counts. Um, mm-hmm. 
that would be that would be interesting. So let's get back to the goaltending rotation yeah, here real quickly, go. because I'm going to give you a prediction here. Uh, sure. I gave you my hot take on the contract earlier. So here's how here's how I see the goaltending playing out. Just a guess. Right. Todd hasn't given me any inside nope. information here. Just a guess. This is what I think may happen. And I'm curious. So you have Copley starting today, which is a game against St. Louis. Then on Tuesday, that would be Corpus Allo at Calgary. Then you stay with the rotation. Copley starts again uh, Thursday at Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And then you have the back-to-backs. And so then you go uh, you go Corpusalo on Saturday the 1st at Seattle. Right. And then at Vancouver, you have Copley. That's the back-to-back next Saturday and Sunday. Then I think the rotation ends. I think Edmonton and Vegas, which are Tuesday and Thursday of that week, I think you go Corpusalo against the, uh, the Oilers. And I think you go Corpusalo again at Vegas. Okay. And then I think at that point you have a decision to make and you could go right. two two for one then because then you have the Saturday game, you know, Colorado comes to town, Copley could get back in there or you could just go Corpus Allo the rest of the way because DB from that point on you go Tuesday is Edmonton. So you go Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Monday, uh, Thursday. So you don't have mm-hmm. any more back to backs, right? which could mean if you're going Corpus Allo, Copley could be done at that point, or maybe even you let Copley go in on the Thursday, April 13th game at Anaheim, and you kind of give Corpus Allo a, a little bit of a rest heading into the playoffs. That would be my prediction, Dennis. That's how, that's what I would do if I was the coach, and that's what I think Todd might be looking at. Yeah, Reaction. I, I'll give you my I, Lee, Lee Hamilton there. Reaction. <laughs> maybe one of these two guys can beat Vancouver. I was going to say, the, 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 who's ever going to be the guy in the last week and we gave him a break because he's got, they got two non-playoff teams? But they haven't beaten Vancouver since 2017, which is crazy. They've lost 10 straight to them. But, and then you close with Anaheim, and you have some days off here. So there's enough time. There's enough runway left to decide who's the better goalie. And then there's enough rest in that last week to rest a guy to, to prepare for game 83. Yeah, it's the five-game stretch that's coming up starting on Thursday. It's Edmonton, yeah. Seattle, really then there's tough. the Vancouver game, which you would think on paper is the throwaway game, and then Edmonton and Vegas. So uh, you, you get you get Edmonton twice plus Vegas and a game against Seattle. Those are yeah. four out of five games that are really going to matter when it comes to deciding who's going to win the Pacific Division. And mm-hmm. oh, by the way, Dennis, the LA Kings have only won one division title in their entire history 50 plus years as a franchise one division title 1991 uh they won that title tom webster was the coach and uh we had a great memory this week on twitter of uh tom webster when he punched doug gilmore i mean the Smythe division was so much fun dennis you had webster throwing sticks at the ice one time and hitting carrie frazier 12 game suspension and only got dennis 12 games for throwing sticks on the ice Four games for punching Doug Gilmore. Something's wrong with something's wrong with that. The coach old punches school. another player. He gets four school. games. Exactly. He's he should be congratulated for that. But yeah, and and John, that's a thing. They won a Smythe division. They've never won the Pacific. No, they have so never this won. Should be the first Pacific division title. And yeah, look, Vegas has been fantastic. Like they refuse to lose. Every. It seems like every game, one of their goalies gets hurt. I was just going to say, and you talk about goaltending problems. The Vegas Golden Knights don't want to hear about goaltending problems. I think they're on their 27th goaltender this season, Dennis, and they just keep winning. And normally when you have that, John, you're usually a last place team, not the first place team with like 10, 10 games left. Like, but last night they went into, into Edmonton and, and beat the Oilers in overtime. They are a really tough team. I, like Pat Gassi's done a great job keeping that team together. And they're just a mentally tough team. And plus their defense is really solid as well. So Vegas, 
Seattle, Los Angeles, a lot to decide still here in the Pacific Division. Uh, but the LA Kings, thanks to general manager Rob Blake, they're they're armed and ready to go. They added a goaltender in Corpusalo. They added that stay-at-home defenseman in Gavrikov that we spoke about earlier. They look like they're on the up-and-up. Uh, Dennis, do you want to leave us with any final thoughts coming up here on the road trip Cal- at Calgary, at Edmonton, at Seattle, at Vancouver? What are you looking for uh, throughout the season this year on Kings of the Podcast? You've given sort of your over-under of what you expected from the Kings. Eight points on the line, a couple of big games there uh, against some some teams that are going to factor in from Edmonton and Seattle perspective that are going to factor into this Pacific Division standings. What are you looking for when the Kings go out on the road this week? I think five to six points. And I am going to Calgary and Vancouver and uh, Edmonton. I know you question why I'm going, but, you know. Please. I would question anybody why they're going, but yes. <laughs> I think five out of six. You're not going to – look, this team has to lose at some point in regulation. Maybe at least tonight to get it out of the way. I, I don't know. But I, I think five out of six points will be good. May not you be just good lost 100 Twitter followers the second that they hear that. You're just – you're throwing bad juju out in the air there. You know, oh, people are very superstitious, Dennis. They're just going to lose tonight and get it out of the way. I'm glad they're superstitious because I'm not superstitious. <laughs> Wait, didn't so. didn't Bennington fight Copley? It wasn't that a thing. Yes, in the AHL. Okay, and Copley's in goal tonight. So, yeah. um, you know, win or lose, perhaps we'll finally see Copley let loose. You know, he wanted to he wanted to give it he a go there go. in Anaheim, he but I, to. yeah, exactly. maybe, maybe this is it—the rematch with Bennington. And then Bennington got uh, Flurry got held back by the linesman. Oh yes. When they, when Flory wanted to go, so we'll let's see. Maybe this is maybe this is the uh, brawl for it all tonight. <laughs> That's a name that, that never needed again. to be resurrected. As, as we head into WrestleMania weekend next weekend, exactly. that's going to be done at SoFi. Two full days at SoFi, DB. Oh. Uh, it's going to be jam packed with with WWE fans. Yeah, I, well, I'm I'm going to SmackDown on Friday yeah. night because I don't okay. want to fight the traffic. It's eighty thousand people. At SoFi, so I promised the you and the DJ. traffic. If it's not the traffic to the Ontario rain, it's the traffic it's to WrestleMania. It's always about the traffic, and there's so much. Tra- <laughs> John, what pandemic? You ever been on the? You've been on the road no. this weekend. Like oh. holy cow! Like it's it's back to normal, which is great to see. But it's yeah. worse than normal, Dennis. It is. You're right, Jay. It's like traffic everywhere, and uh, but yeah, we're gonna go to SmackDown Friday night at Crypto.com, so it's gonna be fun. And uh, but uh, yeah, this team's on a roll, and then I'm on a plane, like I said, tomorrow afternoon to Calgary and Edmonton, and excited because these are games are. Really important. And this is, you know, I asked you, like, just a closing, like, the last time this team got points in 11 straight was in 20. He goes, well, you know, you're, it's kind of historical now, right? They, nobody, no team's done better with respect to his point sheet. I'm like, Drew, you know, the last team to do this was 2014. Like, is this team close? And he said, like, I, you can't compare the two, like, different times, different players, different stuff. But again, it's something that players don't think about. And Todd says it, like, totally dismissive of it. Like, oh, nobody pays intent. I think they do. Like, don't tell me they don't know what the standings are or mm-hmm. that Vegas won last night. But it's this is a historical run for this team, which is great to see because, you know, we had Luke on yesterday on the hot stove and he said about he talked about patience because I asked him from the time he wrote the plan, that email, that letter to the fan to now is, is it worked as it expected? And he said that the key thing was being patient, holding on to guys. And he mentioned Kemp H specifically about, you know, they always liked his defensive play and they thought it would take time. Didn't think it would take that long. But now he's turned into this dangerous 35 to 40 goal score. So it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting road trip for this team. 
It absolutely is. And uh, this final stretch of 10 games begins on Sunday night. Some of you will be listening to this on Monday and throughout the week. Uh, St. Louis Blues game will already be over. But Calgary, Edmonton, Seattle, and Vegas all coming up here. Big stretch of games. Dennis, another great show here for Kings of the Podcast. We'll be back soon. How about this? How about we commit to doing a few more episodes? We uh, we ramp up the frequency of Kings of the Podcast here over the final 10 games and heading into the uh, postseason. Deal? Let's do it, Jay. All right. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.